The frozen song of senses, roofed or open-topped, green basin wet by satin sun, and ringed with floral fences, natural or symmetric. Place tied with lace, like the presence you provoke. Your floor's been walked by millions, yet it feels, to me, bespoke. Hey everyone, welcome back to Solacene, the podcast where we imagine a beautiful, sustainable, tactile future. This is the 16th episode in our internet semester, and this week we're going to be designing the Solacene Tech Arcade, is that what you would call it? Well, if people listen to our episode from the semester about the designing the Solacene device ecosystem or internet ecosystem, they will remember that we talked about a community building where it's housed a lot of technology and internet access and just fun things. So we thought we'll expand on that and go into our architectural, fantastical nuances and um, have 40 minutes or so talking about what exactly this place is. On the topic of names, I thought that would be kind of the first step rather than vaguely referring to it throughout the episode as <laughs> okay. library or arcade or something like that. So I was thinking about how so many of our buildings, so many of our types of buildings have existed for centuries or millennia, and there haven't really been that many new things to keep up with new technologies and changes in society and stuff. You have your cafeterias, your gymnasiums, your libraries, and museums, and I think these are all old concepts and old words, old, old words right? Yeah. So I was like... It would be fun if we went back to Latin, just because mm-hmm. I think that's that's always somewhere along the etymology. So I came up with a term called the absistium. The absistium, absistium. that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I think, I don't know Latin, but I think judging by the internet and what it tells me, it comes from the Latin verb absisto, which means to withdraw, depart, or go away from. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would be interesting because as my, my poem kind of introduced a bit of an ode, ode to place in general whether it be nature or buildings but this building that we're designing will be almost this kind of oxymoron where it's deliberately a physical structure that people all go to together to be in but also while they're in there they're kind of going there to not be together in a sense because you go there to to enter this strange digital realm that's Mm -hmm. kind of apart from you know the physical sphere that we usually occupy so system it's just an idea yeah i think we can go with that i was just calling it the arcade i like arcade too because that also has the classical connotation mm-hmm. and i think it's it's this cool blend of like video gaminess because that's what i think a lot of people associate the word arcade with and also yeah just like a a greek building mm-hmm. i don't know so we can go with either you call it arcade i'll call it system okay sounds a little bit pretentious but we'll sounds go with good. it So I started with the purpose of the building, and to me the purpose of the arcade is to provide equitable access to internet and technology in a physical space. Because if you think about it, we really do all have pretty much equitable access to the internet. Like, almost everybody has an internet-connected device, or you can go to the library and access it. But in this case, it's going to be more... Like, there'll be all of the devices you could ever need. Like, sometimes we'll be doing a project and we need to do some graphic design, but we don't have access to Adobe Illustrator. Yeah. But at this arcade, all of the software would be there. 
and you would either I picture it as a library card type of situation like mm-hmm. you would have access to the arcade in your area not necessarily all of the ones all over the world unless you lived there and your taxes would kind of pay for it because you don't want to have to pay a membership fee because then obviously people would be more tempted to rely on old devices that you can connect to your home. Yeah, I like that. Kind of as a community center, kind of like the internet's answer to libraries, I guess. Mm-hmm. OT, off topic, but we also, at least it's a pet peeve of mine, I think you share it, when libraries try to be this, mm-hmm. like when existing libraries try to be this and you go in there and you're like, where are the books? I see a lot of beanbags and, you know, the teen center that just has like PCs with people playing Minecraft on it. But it's like, mm-hmm. I want to read Percy Jackson. Yeah. Can't find it. Yeah, fortunately, most of the libraries in Montreal aren't too much like this, but oh, yeah, the one in Halifax was like, you had to go up three floors to find the books. To find a book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the I broke my arcade into a few different segments, and the first one is kind of the most obvious, perhaps, is that it would be an entertainment center mm. in the traditional sense of literal video games being there, and also... I was thinking it could be a sort of movie rental center. So you could go and you could rent the movies and maybe connect them to your home device. So this is going to kind of rely a little bit on people having listened to the ecosystem episode. Hmm. But in the Solacene homes, we picture there being like one central device, kind of like a smart board on the wall. And I think people could go to the tech arcade to rent things or to download things and then bring them home. But they're not like owning them yeah okay so you could go there and you could maybe download some new music yeah and connect it to your home system i mean i like the thought of it being a hub yeah connecting to your your portable device and obviously your home mm-hmm. that could include renting films it could include doing work you know meeting people exchanging mm-hmm. contacts all that kind of thing so yeah. i think that is a good a good note and i like that you mentioned video games we wrote about this a bit in the internet zine by the zine everybody we make handmade zines about the internet education degrowth and nature the link is in the description but i think the arcade like the classical 80s arcade let's say with the machines is just a really cool example of technology places that balance highlighting the interesting innovations in a in the sphere of of entertainment and also real tactile community Mm -hmm. So, and I also think video games are quite somewhat unique because there is almost always just positivity and excitement about innovations in video games. Yeah. I feel it. And I just think other video game fans, like from the most hardcore people excited about new like PC graphics cards to the most casual Mario Kart player who's like, wow, this new one looks crazy. I just think Mm -hmm. everyone is always tends to be quite positive about those kind of things. And that might be a bit of a naive thing to say, but I think that's neat. And in my, what did I call it? Absistium. I thought we could, it could kind of have a, a discovery center vibe of really being a place of wonder or like sea world, but mm-hmm. for screens and technology when you go there to be wowed by things. Mm-hmm. So I think in, in the arcade and the video game segment of it, as you called it, that could be both the traditional co-op gaming you know playing games you're familiar with and also maybe just like some crazy stuff Mm -hmm. and the same with like you said entertainment center like they could have here 
next level like wraparound screens where you could watch movies or like the 4d stuff where they throw water in your face or it feels like they're doing so or something mm-hmm. or um do you remember xbox connect where you had like it sensed your body yeah, yeah. movements it was yeah. xbox's answer to the wii yeah and i don't know if anybody bought it or owned it or liked it i think it was quite <laughs> a it was a, a bit of a point of mockery at the time but i think that's kind of a cool idea that could be expanded on with probably technology greater than that which they came out with in 2009 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So just like crazy stuff like this where you're playing a game but you're controlling it with your body or with your voice, with other people, by yourself. Like where you go to be kind of inspired for an hour or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a key point was that people in the solo scene would visit one to two times per week. Sort yeah. of similar to how often you visit the library and the movie theater in a week. Ideally. Like... In about, like, you'd go to a movie once a week, or you'd go to an arcade once a week, and then, yeah, the library another time, and you would go there with, like, a purpose. It wouldn't just be, oh, I go there every day after work, and I play video games for five hours. It would be, like... But it could it could be. It could. Not every day, though, and not for five hours, but, it, yeah. like, the purpose, I mean, could be to go, yeah, I want to go and try out that new game as well. Do something cool. Yeah. For sure. The final part of the entertainment I had was that there would just be, like, a computer room for leisure. Yeah. I think there'll be different codified computer rooms like some will be for work some will be for research but there'd be one that's just for fun to just go and play pc games but also maybe just to look up funny stories on wikipedia or whatever it might be yeah but i think having the different computers kind of having purposes is a cool idea instead of just being like rows and rows and rows of computers and every person's doing something different Mm. because then if there's a room and it's like this is the fun computer room there'd be more of a sense of community and kind of easier to build relationships with people. It's not a bad idea. Or like a, a literature computer room or a, I don't know, photography computer room or a music making computer room. That mm-hmm. is fun. It reminds me a little bit of when you're on some planes and there's like a chess game on this, the in-flight entertainment. Yeah. And you can potentially challenge other people on the plane even though no one else ever is. But like, they could be. If they were in the chess room, they would be. Mm-hmm. So that's neat. I had a tagline for the building, which was something along the lines of where all our technological curiosity, innovation, and escapism converge. And I like this because it sounds like something you'd see on a billboard or something, mm-hmm. or like an ad. But also it, it explains that this is really a concentration of everything techy. And one, it makes this one place really exciting and cool. But two, you know, indirectly, it makes everywhere else less techy and i think more tactile and more solo scene which mm-hmm. is kind of the explanation of the the whole thing it's like a cheat meal you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. like you you're gonna load up on the pancakes on sunday and then the rest of the week we can eat clean with a bit more sustainability i suppose mm-hmm. but regarding also the entertainment uh segment i had a couple other ideas they're quite spacey like i didn't really think it all through as you know, these episodes of Solo Scene are my favorite to record and prepare for because I really like just coming up with crazy, fantastical ideas and not necessarily having to explain them. So the first one is space gloves. Mm-hmm. So they are gloves that you wear. I don't quite know yet what you do with them, mm-hmm. but I just thought you could somehow interact with the holograms that I had populating this building. I really want it to be like you walk in and you are wowed. I think that's that's really neat. Yeah. Um, so space gloves, because I just think. 3D glasses are really fun because it's something that you go, like you put on your body that you are kind of 
it adjusts the way that you interact with the technology. And I was also thinking for some reason about styluses. Mm-hmm. I think styluses, like those were always fun. Yeah, they are these fun. little specialized tools. If it's wearable or like on your person, I think that's really neat. So yeah, I think space the gloves. space gloves could be tactile and they'll like, and you're interacting I mean. with the hologens. You, you, you give feel you. like you are touching something, right? Yeah, that's fun. So um, I think that's neat. I was also had the idea of the magic school bus. Or oh, if yeah. there's branding issues, just call it like the the education submarine or something like that. Yeah. Where you go in with other people into this submarine looking enclosure. And obviously it doesn't go anywhere because it just stays in the building. Willy Wonka was also an inspiration for my architecture and my ideas. But it feels like you are going on a tour somewhere that you wouldn't mm. really be able to. Like to Jupiter or inside somebody's body or to ancient Egypt. You know, if you've seen the Magic School Bus, those kind of things, because through the windows you are seeing it, and maybe there's like a narrated tour. Mm-hmm. I think this is doable today and probably exists, but... Yeah. I had a really similar idea for the education segment of the tech arcade, and I thought people going on tours is a really great use of technology. And I also, I had these two separate, like the education and then what I called the Horizons Ooh, building. Ooh, because I think the best part of the internet is that it has broadened everybody's horizons and broadened people's exposure to art and to other humans on the planet and that, so on. That sounds so marketing. I know. <laughs> but it's good. I think it could be a part of both of those because, yeah, like even in the solar sea, not everybody will be able to travel to the four corners of the world, but it's cool if you can do so in a really yeah techy way and no one's going to be able to travel to ancient times is what i'm saying exactly so what else in the, what's the horizons building what's that about the horizons building has art galleries like virtual art galleries it has debates it hosts debates okay. and it's kind of where the international communications can kind of happen so in your personal like home device you can facetime your grandmother who lives across the province or whatever but in the horizons building Maybe once a month they host a debate with people from all over the world and you can sign up to go and attend mm. or lectures, yeah. stuff like this. It'd be where anything global kind of happens. Right. It reminds me a little bit of when specialist cinemas will do a screening of like the Royal Philharmonic yeah, or, exactly. or a ballet from France or wherever ballets are held. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, it'd be that more, place. more, more. Mm-hmm. I had a few random thoughts not really pertaining to the design of this building. But one is that in the solar scene, there will be more places that deliberately block Wi-Fi and data signals and that kind of thing. So it's like that is the selling point. You go to this cafe and there's, I don't know whether it will be just like a a rule that we don't allow it or more likely literally it won't, it won't function there. And I think there are materials that can do that. I think there are already places like this that exist, but it would be more of a more of a thing. I remember yeah. I saw this YouTube comment once. I don't remember what video it was on. It was very popular. It had like a couple thousand likes. And it said if there was a cafe or a restaurant that tried to be like the 90s, mm-hmm. then I would love that. And yeah. it's like, I think everybody would love that. The problem is such a place would just be like, oh, we have those cups with the crazy colors and we're playing 90s hip hop and stuff. And they wouldn't mm-hmm. understand that. It's not just the aesthetic that people want. It's that lack of connectivity. Similarly online, I've seen at least two or three people kind of joking, but kind of not joking about how if there was some kind of Amish-esque enclave of people living in a pre-internet uh, town, that would be a nice place to live. And yeah. I, I, you know, that's true. 
Um, so the solo scene will be something like that, but also with these neat, because that would just be regressive, right? If we were just like, yeah. there's no internet, but you know, using it in this in this cool place and limiting limiting it to its computer rooms and being healthy with it, not carrying it in your pocket, yeah. is kind of a big part of that. Yeah, I think a cafe, if they said like check your phones at the door, basically. Yeah. Because I imagine if a place like this existed, you're right, people would still have their phones in them and could still turn on their data, even if there was no Wi-Fi. Hmm. I was at the airport yesterday, and the Wi-Fi like wasn't working, so I felt very Amish. just had to sit there and read my <laughs> book. very Amish. But the, the, you said that study about when there's a phone in the room, conversation quality decreases. Mm-hmm. So I think, that would be, I think that's one of the reasons people really subconsciously so. or consciously want that. Another thought I had was about in the solo scene, it's kind of related, I guess, to this building, the Absistium or the arcade, um, removing branding mm-hmm. and treating the internet as, this sounds kind of awkward, but treating it as separate from its devices. Because I think right now we just see a nice, cute Chromebook or iPhone, and we don't really know of the internet beyond its these consumerist tools through which we access mm-hmm. it, if you know what I mean. So this is why I'll get into this a bit more later, but one of my ideas for the for this building is to have it be kind of a a an educational maker's palace or workplace where people can learn about coding and how to make a website and how to fix your phone and how to wire a battery or a radio mm-hmm. and having it be kind of a, a real democratic leveler because I don't like the idea of society being almost held hostage by the few people who know how to code in Silicon Valley. And I think that's one of the problems about where we're heading, that no one yeah. can really, no one can craft any kind of alternatives to Facebook. Like imagine if everyone could just make their own website. I feel like that should be a bit of a baseline. And I'm not really a massive proponent for kids learning to code. Like I'm not crazy into that. I just think in the world that it is in 2023 and onwards in the solo scene, the way that we interact and interface with society, even in the solo scene, will be a lot through the internet, less yeah. so than now. But like someone knowing how to make their own website just seems like a basic tool and it would decrease your reliance on your Facebooks, your Twitters, your yeah. technocratic you know, tyrants or whatever. Mm. It'd be easier to create like a community bulletin board or whatever you yeah, want exactly, to do. Exactly. And not have to like hosted on facebook or hosted on an existing site so my, my thought uh, you know to finish that thought it was kind of like the concept of picturing internet as something like electric electricity where it's just like this force that exists like mm. this and it's scary like because electricity is dangerous it's yeah. like a scary thing so you, you treat it properly but you can learn how to kind of harness it and another side of this is just straight up moving away from the materialism and the branding of like I saw a meme on Facebook this week. Why am I looking at memes on Facebook? I don't know. Somebody shared it. It said something like, there's no one more stubborn than an Android user who refuses to switch to iPhone. And I was like, one, this seems so charmingly dated. Yeah, like, it's This a seems like dated. something that people would have been angry about in 2012 in like middle school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It, like it actually made me laugh because it's just like. Kind of true. No, I mean, it's not kind of true, but it's just the way that we treat these things, especially the the iOS Android, which I think is pretty much the same as the Mac PC, like divide and the way people take their identity. And I think it's so fascinating. We could talk about that a bit next week, maybe like people identifying with different yeah. brands. 
but yeah, I think in the solo scene, we don't really have that because we don't rely so much on the big companies and like some people are just making their own operating systems. And yeah, I like that. As you said in your poem, like making it bespoke, perhaps yeah. at these arcades, there'd be like bespoke technologies. Maybe people would like come to visit to like try them out and stuff like that. Yeah. Another tenet of the arcade that I had was community, which is really similar to what you're saying. And it'd be a place for people to skill share, to like share different skills probably related to tech there'd be other spaces for physical skills but also this area would be like the community bulletin yeah so perhaps you go there to check the news or it would be where people could post events and then it would upload to your home device or something like that and also where you get the news so the community room would have like local news but then the horizons building would have more global news so you have to like go to a physical space if you want digital news. Do you remember the... I don't know why we're getting so video gamey on this episode. Actually, I do know why. It's because we have a Wii U <laughs> and, a, and a Super Nintendo Mini sitting behind me right now. Thanks to Alicia. But do you remember on the Wii, there was the the weather channel? Mm-hmm. And there was also... An, I think there was also a news channel. Yeah. But the weather channel, it looked so spacey and so crazy and so cool. And it was like black with the blue earth like background. Mm-hmm. And even like when you connected to Mario Kart Wii online, it just, it felt like you were elevating to this global thing. Whereas if you think about most news now, it's live streamed on Twitch or it's on CNN and it just looks so mundane and so normal. So mm-hmm. I like that idea of the global news being one, its own, its own place in the horizons, I think you said, and two, having it have this, like maybe it has a cool ambient soundtrack in the background. Or something. Yeah, exactly. And I also agree with the holograms idea. Yeah. And I think that would be perhaps part of the news, but also perhaps you could go to the tech arcade to communicate with people mm. via holograms. I think we'll still obviously have like phones and such. Yes. But maybe it's like, oh, I really want to go like see my grandmother like visually and you could go to the tech arcade and like meet up. I had a couple more categories. My next one is work and research, which is like kind of the most obvious. And this might be more connected to the the actual solo scene libraries than the tech arcade yeah but in one of the other places this is where all of the people would go if they had to do research for an essay mm-hmm. instead of being able to do it from home because if you have to make the two-minute commute to a place i feel like you're more likely to focus yeah of course whereas when you're trying to write an essay at home or do actual research like professionals and so on you're still more likely to get sidetracked than be like really on top of what you're reading well my idea for this in the epsystem was these little places like the kind of closed off rooms that are in libraries already for work especially Mm -hmm. campus libraries where the the, how the internet plays into it is that all the walls and the tables surfaces are screens like smart boards okay because i always want that when i'm like brainstorming or really trying to think about something and, and work on it on it i'm always or i tend to be quite frustrated by the fact that i have to return to this little piece of paper from my pacing or like moving around to, yeah, then to you write just like put because you know when you're thinking you kind of visualize ideas I mean. in you different can, you places. can draw and you can you can make an actual map of it yeah, that's and then cool. that is somehow beamed back to your tiny watch which you can take home mm-hmm. or just email or something i don't know yeah speaking of emails or something i don't know <laughs> the meme of the week well we kind of teased it last week yeah but the meme of the week is hide the pain herald 
aka Maurice for some reason, <laughs> but his real name is Andrea Zarato. What? So, so neither Harold nor Maurice are his no, real names. Andreas. Shocking to me. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> it's like, where did that come from? No, I don't know. Well, you don't know? No. Oh, I thought it's that was like your job. People, it's just like what people called it. Oh. It wasn't because no one knew his name. It took like six years to find him. Track him down. Because the meme began in 2009 or 2011. It's hard to explain. Okay. I'll All our memes are very dated. Yeah, I know. Because we don't really know the, the new memes. And I feel like memes aren't the same as they used to be. But where to begin? So Andreas was a mechanical engineer. <laughs> and... It's not funny, but... He's Hungarian. He was born to parents who fled Austria during World War II. The fact that you're reading like a Wikipedia entry. That's where you got it from, isn't it? No, actually. Oh. Got it from the Know Your Meme. All right. And so he retired in like the early 2000s and then went on vacation and like posted his selfies on Facebook. Oh. And then a photographer saw the selfies and said, do you want to model for me? And he was like, yeah, sure. So he modeled for this photographer for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stock photos. <laughs> and so there's just like countless images of Andreas like posing as a doctor. So he's on like a bunch of doctor websites, like hospital websites as the doctor. He does look like a doctor. I can see it. Um, as a teacher, there's one of him on a university website and so on. So there's all these photos of him out there. But was it knowing? Did the photographer do it because he knew that it, there was something to that, to that expression? We don't know. Something that captured the pathos of the human spirit. Mm. So what he said is that he just got tired of smiling. <laughs> so it's like not his real smile um, near the end. So that's where all those ones of him like drinking coffee and him like doing <laughs> office work kind of come in. Was it all in one day or? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like it. It does sound like it. And he is a self-reported not a funny guy. He doesn't have a sense of humor, he said. And at first he got really upset when he saw all the memes. Because he's like, this isn't what I signed up for. Like, I signed up for just, like, these certain uses of the photos. Then he reminisced about his childhood when he would doodle in textbooks and stuff and make funny drawings. And he said, no, I get it. Yeah, meme, memes are kind of like when you draw draw the mustache on the go in the yearbook. Exactly. There's a shade of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> has he monetized it? He has. He, in, like... 2015 16 launched twitter and instagram pages for himself and kind of just like leaned into it and what prompted this is recently he was in montreal for like a month exactly modeling for a tights brand like tights that you put on your legs so he's the face of them it's like i can't remember what the slogan is but it's something like hide the legs harold yeah is it something like that yeah it's like it's nothing more painful than ripped tights or something (laughs) like that so He's monetized it for sure. Yeah. He did a TED Talk in 2019. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like he's just a very serious guy. And apparently for the first few years, the meme people thought he wasn't real or that he was dead. Because it looked like he was being held hostage. (laughs) Um, But then in 2014, he released a video of him holding up a sign in Russian that said, I'm alive. (laughs) And there was like, Reddit pages and stuff trying to find him and like this is kind of what prompted it and then he has a YouTube. Anyway, he just really leaned into it and I'm going to end the meme section with a quote from Andrea Zarato. In today's world, memes are a part of our life. 
Only the form of appearance differs from the memes of the past centuries. One picture can say a thousand words. <laughs> the best memes I like are the ones that make you think. Does this one make you think? No. He sounds so <laughs> profound in that. He sounds like such a such a wistful figure. Yeah, everything I heard, because I read a bunch of interviews with him. This is the first meme that I really like got into the person, because that's kind of <laughs> is the meme. It's just like this man. Getting into the, the mind behind the meme. And they're all very like profound and deep. And it does seem like he doesn't have that much of a sense of humor. Like he just <laughs> is really deep about everything. And he said his favorite versions of the hide the pain herald memes are the one where classical paintings like have his face put on them so his yes. very favorite is the creation of adam where he is adam and like reaching across to god and the angels well, that one that sounds quite deep actually yeah he thinks that's really funny um people monetizing memes is such an interesting like subgenre of this this section because the way that some people just let it die mm -hmm. or they find a way to give it legs like harold has or andreas has mm -hmm. or my my actual favorite when they try to to make something of it, but it just crashes and burns. Yeah. I'm reminded of Damn Daniel mm. and their ill-fated Ellen appearance. Yeah. Which I, for some reason, think I watched, like, as it aired. Confusing, but okay. Um, yeah, all our memes are really dated, so next week I will try and choose a 2023 one. Okay. We're not going to know it, but... Maybe someone listening will. Yeah. That reminds me, I saw on Instagram last night, the girl who, like, she was very little, I smell like beef... It's frickin' bats, that girl. I don't know what that is. You don't know what that is, but people listening might. She's still, like, ever since then, has been posting on, or her mom has been, on Instagram. And she has, like, hundreds of thousands of followers. Does I just think really there's something so funny about that. Like, do it's, it well. It's such yeah. a unique thing. And some people are able to pivot it into actual careers doing, doing various mm -hmm. things. Maybe, maybe we can talk about that a bit next week. Like, a, a who's mm. who of, like, people who have, where are they now, basically? Like, internet fame. Yeah. I also had a topic for next week because I prepared for it, but you didn't because okay. I didn't tell you about it. But talking about how the internet has changed photography mm, yeah. because I was looking into stock images and the history of that. And there's quite a deep history of how the internet changed like the field of photography. So maybe we don't have to talk specifically about photography, but we can just talk about how it's changed some traditional industries. Yeah. Shout out to our joint account on Flickr back in the day. Yeah. If people want to try and find that. Good luck. Going back to the tech library and specifically that point I had about this really solar punk ethos of people going there to DIY certain tools, be they like software or hardware, essentially. And I was thinking about solar punk and how it seems almost to be a mainstream kind of aesthetic now, even if people don't call it by that name. Mm -hmm. You look at most kind of architecture websites or renders of buildings to come they all look very clean and green and glassy and basically solar punk. Mm -hmm. But I think what they miss out on is the, the punk part of it. And it sounds a little bit, again, of an oxymoron, I think, for me to be talking about punk in a centralized building, centralized punk. Mm -hmm. But really, like I said, it's about, it's about taking some of that soft power away from different corporations. And I just think like learning how to code, that's kind of punk. Yeah, like learning so. how to fix your own things. That's kind of punk. But I had a few more notes on the design of the building also. One of them is biophilic architecture. Okay. This kind of interplays into the, the solar punk reference as well. There's this quote, biophilic design seeks to link our intrinsic need for affiliation with nature to the modern built environment. 
And I was thinking something that would be more unique than just having plants or like a growing wall or even moss, which I really like, or flowers in the Epsistium is fish. Because for some reason, I think of fish as like the tiny phones of the animal kingdom. There's something very digital about the aquatic world. I think it's because we can't quite access it, just like we can't quite access, you know, really digital places or the internet. It's also blue. And yeah. it's, it's, it seems very neon and very bright. And also, it's the fact that really my main exposures to these things have been SpongeBob and Finding Nemo and The Little Mermaid, which were all obviously digital representations <laughs> of them. Uh, so I think fish, like fish in the walls and in the floors and stuff. And also maybe it's the fact that there's those electric fish. Yeah. I think it'd be cool for cooling as well. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like cooling the servers, because like for sustainability, we want to reduce water use. So, or, <laughs> Have fish. little aquariums, yeah. yeah. Cleaning the air? Do, can they? They clean the water. Yeah, but the algae. They can mm. have algae kelp. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Did you study environmental science or you just... So fish, that's one of them. Holograms I talked about. Just giving it like this fun house vibe. Yeah. Like maybe cool mirrors. Maybe ones that make you look really skinny or make you look really fat or just have different colors. You know those Peloton mirrors? Those workout mirrors that can go into your home? Like no, it, it doubles, so it doubles as a mirror, and like the trainer is in there talking to you. Oh, those ones. Okay. I don't want one of those, but I just always thought that those look really neat. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's like, why would I want one in my living room? You don't, but you want one in this cool building that you're mm-hmm. going to. So I think that is interesting. Obviously, having it ad-free. I was thinking in some way similar to the magic gloves or the space gloves. I didn't really think this through, but I called them tech frescoes. As in, somehow there is design built into the walls, which I was thinking of mostly like industrial design, different shaped concrete like petals, but on the flat parts or the the flatter parts rather, there are somehow murals or screens kind of baked in. Mm. And the good thing about these is that they can change over time and also they can be maybe like community designed in a way, like you can vote on this. Another thought I had was standing desks only. There's just like, didn't really think that all the way through, but I feel like it would encourage people not to spend days there, days on yeah. end. And also, it's just healthy and it's just nice for your posture and such. And then something random. If there was a giant keyboard on the floor, maybe in the atrium, like a piano in Home Alone 2 in the toy store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe there's just like, like type little messages yeah, and they pop up. Mess- I guess that might be a bad idea, but it'll be fun though. Yeah. Maybe in the kids' area. Yeah. That'd be cute. I... <laughs> was picturing certain parts of the tech world in the solar scene being separate from this place because it's like obviously if we had everything in this one building it would be too big no i think like be, you'd have to go I, too I picture often it being massive but i just mean th- these are two things i f- imagine being separate or three things there's the library parts being actually at the library any health stuff being at a hospital center or like it doesn't need to be a hospital. It could be like the health center. So this is the hospital. And there's also you go there to ask questions instead of just like WebMDing it or to download information for your home device. Because we talk about the home device being very health oriented. Mm-hmm. So you go to the hospital for that. You don't go to the tech arcade for that. And the final one that I had was any gym related stuff. It would probably just be at the gym. Yeah, I didn't picture it being, yeah. being here. Yeah. But I think... Yeah, solar, solar punk is the best word for, I feel like, the solar for scene. This building, yeah. For this building, for sure. Mm-hmm. For the other buildings, like for the rest of the solar scene, I don't think so because we don't like 
electric cars. And I don't really think, because it can be kind of synonymous, I think, with green growth, which mm -hmm. is a bit of a, a loaded and maybe a fallacy of a term mm -hmm. itself. But yeah, for this building, I definitely I think as well, like everyone can indulge in their craziest. Like I was thinking about robots, mm -hmm. like just having robots all around, like legit Wally robots. Yeah. I think that would be neat. And it's like, what do they do? I don't know. You, you, maybe they clean. Yeah. Or you say hello to them. Maybe they can help teach. Mm -hmm. Maybe you, you can fight them against each other. Robot Wars. Did you ever watch that? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, a couple other ideas. It functioning as an end of life place where you can bring your technology to be recycled or, or upcycled or whatever mm -hmm. it may be. Because I think having facilities like those are accessible is very important. Maybe even not for, not just for internet-y things, but like your air conditioner. You know, like working on circuits and batteries. I don't know anything about these, but anything that has wires. I was thinking there could be a big board somewhere, like maybe when you first walk in, showing projects that people have worked on or are working Ooh. on in the place. Obviously, they volunteer this information, so it's not yeah. like surveillance. And it's kind of a competition. I think community competition is something that we really lack today that is, is a very healthy thing. So I think when you go on here, it's like the arcade where the high scores are labeled with the three letters, mm -hmm. but you can choose to show your face or your or your your full name or have a me or something like that. And um, I called this the circuit because cool. the circuit has like a race connotation. Ooh, so it's yeah. like you're working on it. And I don't know if it's voted or if people select it, people who work there or whatever it may be. Obviously, it would be powered by renewable energy and, you know, recycle the rainwater and all that kind of stuff. Like all the basics of the lead certified buildings of today that yeah. i think is will be there and more mm -hmm. and then i just had one random thought that there could be a cool like garden pavilion which is where i like the word pavilion i feel like that's always involved with architecture and this is where the indoor technology can kind of interact with nature a little bit like you can go and check out the turbines or test your drone or feed the robot ducks or like do whatever that kind of thing yeah, robot ducks. You play pokemon go Pokemon Go, exactly. In the pavilion. Exactly. <laughs> but if there's anyone playing Pokemon Go on the street, that's illegal. In the solar scene. <laughs> yeah, sure. All your Snorlaxes get confiscated? Yeah. No, no Snorlaxes beyond the gate. You know, I never played Pokemon Go. Really? Yeah, because I only had my iPod. Oh, and it yeah. wasn't, like, it wasn't data enabled. Mm -hmm. So I was always, like, it literally happened two or three times that people I was with would be out hunting and I'd be with them, like, kind of pretending to be playing along but not really i felt left out but now it was character building experience mm. i like this discussion i think this was a fun episode i've been trying to be more cognizant recently of places that's kind of what i was launching into with the poem at the start mm. i think i texted you last week or two weeks ago that i feel a little bit desensitized and not in a good way regarding Beauty. Regarding beauty, specifically in architecture, I think from having spent quite a lot of time on campuses, mm -hmm. and those tend to be really nice. And I remember the first time I ever did an open house, I had never like been to a place like that before on a campus, and I was 17 or 16, and I was just in awe of all the really cool old buildings as well as the cool new ones. Mm -hmm. And then I spent like seven years on campuses, and you kind of lack or you miss some of that feeling of. Like you, it's a, it's human nature that you become like accustomed to it. But I like trying to be appreciative of buildings when you're in them because I even think like when you look at photos of certain buildings 
or specifically when you look at renders of them before they are built, you're like, wow, that's so cool. That'd be such a fun place. But then when you find yourself going there, especially day after day, like it's just, it becomes just another room, even if it mm. is very airy and spacey and nice and there's high windows. I think there are certain designs that to us are more impressive and attractive and they tend to be like older style European buildings. Like mm -hmm. that's the kind of thing that we would do a pilgrimage to go to Vienna to look at the architecture or Paris, let's mm -hmm. say. But I also think we should be, yeah, just appreciative of nice buildings wherever they are, even if they're new, brand new. Mm -hmm. That's cool as well. Yeah, for sure. And just noticing small details, even in like the simplest places. Yeah. Because like when we chose this apartment, <clears throat> I remember like noticing a couple little details yeah. that I liked. And then it's, obviously we've lived here for a year and it's like, well, those are just shutters. Like they're not exciting, but they are kind of cool still. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Even your home, even your apartment and even the outdoors, like even kind of natural architecture, I suppose, which sounds like a bit of a pretentious term. But that's why in the poem, there's this line. Uh, like the present you provoke because I just think that being in places makes you feel like you're in places that's so profound a way to end the episode any jokes though no jokes no jokes so it's in recommends hmm. we watched a movie last night called donkey skin that I think might be so it's in recommends soul scene movie yeah. it's a, a French movie can you say the name in French Podon Podon uh, yeah. It's a 1970 like fairy tale movie, very mm -hmm. bright and colorful. I have a new goal actually for the month, okay, and that is to host a Hobbit party. So I'll update the listeners on that. But I want to have like a Shire themed party, and like everyone dresses hobbits and eat like fish and nuts and second breakfast and stuff. So maybe my solicitor recommends is to host a Lord of the Rings themed party. Yeah, and if anyone's in Montreal, let me know, and you can. Definitely come. 